Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, your co-host, and with me is Dr. Cheyenne Carter. Hello, Bob. Hello, Cheyenne. Yes. Who do we have today? Following in our same line that we've been doing recently um, of trying to highlight our alumni and some of the work that they're doing out in the community, because as much as we enjoy the faculty here at Wake Forest, um, which is who we often talk to during our podcast, um, the whole goal of our program is to send people out in the community and for them to be doing um, exceptional work and touching. Mm-hmm people in lots of different ways. And so we really want to highlight what our alumni are doing. What a good um, idea. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so today we have um, a pretty recent graduate um, within the last probably about a year and a half, Amy Willard, who is um, uh, on staff here at our OPCD, which is the Office of Personal and career development. Yes. Um, at Wake Forest University in the role of a um, career, I'm not even sure what your exact title is, career coach. Is that the term they use? Yes. Associate director, career coach. Yes. So one of the associate directors, I know in our department here that um, that you guys are kind of over certain uh, departments, majors. Is that right? Correct. Yes. We liaise and partner with certain disciplines or academic departments within the college. That doesn't mean that we don't necessarily have to see those students. We see all students. Okay. Um, so those are just the departments that we partner with with career events, such as history. They do a lot of career events. So they look to me as that po- their point of contact. Okay, which I always thought was pretty um, strategic as as um, your department trying to have that sense of where can we build strong relationships and have someone who's mm-hmm. kind of the go to while still being available for for students in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit today about your job. Um, when people are thinking about pursuing a degree in counseling, many times they have in their mind, you know, working with um, people with trauma backgrounds, maybe working in community agencies, um, potentially severe mental health, um, schizophrenia, bipolar, some of those those. Um, obviously needs that we do have in the community. But I think sometimes career counseling is really an overlooked focus and is really an exciting field. So tell us a little bit about what you do in your job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I help prepare our college students on the undergraduate side for being career and life ready. So whether that's just getting to know who they are through self-awareness or getting to know and explore the careers that they have interest in and what that might mean for life after college for them. Um, And I really have to admit, so you're saying that um, it's kind of the career side of mental health um, is overlooked. And so when I first was looking at the program, before I even had this role, I was looking more at the mental health aspect of it. Grief counseling, um, substance abuse counseling. And then I had, I took on this role um, about, nine years ago or so. And I circled back around to this program and, and you all finally had the online program, which is more viable for me because I still wanted to work full time. And I just, I wanted to stay in career counseling. Um, and so, you know, we, or I meet with students sometimes, you have to meet them on a certain level, meet them where they are. And so they come into your office thinking that you're going to talk about an internship or search and maybe they come in and there's something underlying that's happening and you kind of have to pull back and talk about that first. So there's really is mental health um, counseling in career. Mm -hmm. I think people sometimes don't really realize that. Sure. 
Yeah. And you, you were talking about, you now you were doing this before you came to school. So yes. right before you did your master's. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things uh, I'm, I'm always curious about is how you decided to pursue this field. What, what drew you to the career counseling? That's Interesting path. So um, I guess just quickly started out teaching first okay. in the public school sector. So third grade to 12th grade, not all at one time, but um, <laughs> over a two and a half year span. Uh, then I moved over into um, accounting and HR and okay. then marketing and team building facilitation. So there's always been that thread of people and helping people in certain mm -hmm. ways, mm -hmm. teaching HR. Then you had the team building facilitation. And a position came open in the OPCD. Well, they were just building the OPCD, what we know it now, at Wake Forest. And my heart just sank. And I was like, this is it. It's, it's coming back to the student, mm -hmm. what I ultimately love. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the career counseling role. It kind of morphed into that after a few years. Um, it's more on the professional development side and how okay. we're developing our students on the soft skill side here at Wake and what that might mean. Um, but... Luckily, it did kind of transform, and they added into that role more of the career counseling piece. Um, and then you all developed the online program, and I said, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping our potential candidates for applications, our students will hear that there are a variety of opportunities for providing mental health care. Uh, you don't have to go, as you said, Tushine, not in private practice. You don't have to work mm -hmm. with grief and loss. You don't have to work with mm -hmm. um, diagnosing mental illnesses and such mm -hmm. as that. That there's all kinds of opportunities. And Amy, you're helping us understand, too, a couple aspects, that there's some things that you may be interested in already, and you can continue working there and coming to our online program. That tends to be the attractive feature for folks that do want to continue working full-time. Yes. And then they can... Um, come and become a school counselor or clinical health, mental health counselor uh, with our part-time program. That's an attractive feature there. So that's good to hear that that worked well for you. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think it would have happened without having an online program. Okay. Really and truly okay. and honestly, I don't think I could have taken the time away from work uh -huh. um, from where I yes. was. And so this just allowed me to be able to do that to earn a grad degree while working, had a very supportive family and a very supportive office too, mm -hmm. to be able to do that. But, um, again, I don't think I would have been able to take the time if I, it was, if I had to go to an on-campus mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's a real value. Um, it's great to even just have someone on the show here kind of talking about the experience in the online program. Cause I think some people are thinking about the program, but are, um, you know, not sure what that would really be like. Um, but they're, you know, one of the things I like about teaching in our program is having students who have full-time jobs, um, who sometimes are really doing related work. I mean, the um, the experiences you guys bring to the course dialogues, to me, just make the classes so much richer. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I'm curious, like, uh, in your experience of the online program, maybe what surprised you um, or what was, um, you know, something about it that ended up working really well for you, besides just the flexibility that maybe some of the students who are considering the program may not know about? Mm -hmm. I think it's just really, the, you know, since my work kind of tied back into the program, I think it just was a an aha moment of saying, wow, I'm really already doing some of this stuff. Um, and then especially the skills classes, uh, being able to do that and saying, okay, I'm already doing reflective work, but here's why it's important uh, for the client and for them being understood and heard and then having that space for them. 
And so I think it really puts some language um, and understanding for myself and confidence and like, I'm really doing this work and here's, <laughs> here's how it really affects the, the person sitting across either the table or whatever it might be that I'm having a conversation with. So I think it just it really helped me with the confidence. So the skills classes, for sure. Um, I think even probably one of the most impactful courses that I had that I took was the multicultural class. Um, really dug deep into me and who I am and how that is then reflected out or just realizations that I didn't really understand or recognize. Um, and so then that's really influenced how I want to work. And so I've been really digging into trying to find more, um, not certifications, but maybe um, learning into that space. So LGBTQ plus clients, underrepresented clients, um, or students really, um, and trying to help maybe drive our office too in being able to go out and be in those spaces. Um, and hopefully bringing those students, if they're comfortable, back into our office. Um, that it's a safe space for them to have those conversations for life after college and what that might mean for them. I think it's so important from a career standpoint, because I think many times those kind of marginalized groups, they have a lot of additional fears about workplace mm -hmm. discrimination and about at what point do I reveal some of these things or how am I going to view, be viewed when I walk into the office? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes to me, I know there's people who are in the career coaching world who don't have the counseling background. And while they can be, you know, obviously very skilled, and I'm not minimizing that, I think some of those additional elements that are understood differently by counselors really add an additional layer of um, understanding and knowledge and, and ability to be more effective with clients. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it just gives you a different perspective. Um, and it's just that self work too, of really, I think, is really interesting. I think it was tied into almost every course um, in the program is really being more self-aware of who you are and what you're bringing into that situation um, or meeting or whatever it might be. And mm -hmm. I think that's so important how you show up um, and how then that is then received by the other person. And it could be not be a client or a student. It could be a friend, mm -hmm. a family member, whoever sure, it might be. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. This is so exciting to hear you talk about that, <laughs> about the courses in such a way that they're uh, helping you understand like the the um, uh, multicultural course, skills course, and how important they are. And, they, and, and mm -hmm. of course, that's what, a lot of what we do is work on our own self-awareness throughout our master's program. Um, could you say a little bit more about that, about how, how does that help you uh, through the multicultural lens or through learning skills and what it really means and how to do it as you work with uh, the students? Because I, I hear in you, too, that the relationship with the students gives you a lot of uh, meaning. Yes, it does. Get, so. It really does. Um, I think it's just we need to know where they're coming from. We, and oftentimes we don't we don't know. If we don't share the same culture, we we don't. But I think it's important, too, I think – to try to understand that or to recognize where they might be coming from um, and to have a little bit about that background. I mean, you always need to kind of ask of your client too um, and, and share with them what you recognize or what you hear or what you understand. But sometimes they also get tired of saying the story over and over again. And so if you already kind of have an understanding of their background, you don't necessarily need to ask it again and they don't need to retell that story. Um, unless it's necessary that you need to in the conversation. So I think that's just kind of what I've, mm -hmm. I've learned. And I think it's just 
me coming, me being a, a white woman um, and having that privilege really opened my eyes of where that stance is and how that might be seen um, and how then I need to then think about how I'm showing up um, and how I'm understanding different situations too, um, depending upon the client. So um, yeah, I think it's just, just meeting them where they are and um, having that, that space for them. And though they might come in for, for students, for me, though they may come in, it might say on the appointment um, uh, title, it might say internship or job search or career exploration, they might come in and it might be com- something completely different, or they can't even get to that until they really work on something that's underlying. So, you know, I've had clients, I've had students be really upset um, about what's going on. And so you got to work on that first. And they're not going to be able to do the internship search or the career mm-hmm. exploration unless they really work on that. So. Mm-hmm. Good. When I first came to Wake, um, I had an interest in career counseling and um, and had a background. So I did my TA position in my own master's program. And my experience in other programs had been that it was pretty easy for me to teach the career counseling classes because nobody wanted to teach them. Um, and when I came here to Wake, it was funny to me because there's multiple faculty who will like, you know, try to like trade off or, or get the career class. Like there's a lot of faculty that really like career counseling. And that was on one hand, it was a little bit harder to get the class, but it was fun to me because it was like, there's finally a group of people that get this. And I even see it in your face as you talk about it, that to me, career counseling is one of the most exciting things because it's about people connecting with who they are and who they want to be in the world um, and getting to know the workspace and where they may be a good fit. And um Again, I think that there's this view with career counseling of like, oh, you'll take some assessments and it'll tell you what to do, which is not the case, <laughs> that it's really about creating a process of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I guess I'm curious, like, in what ways, because, you know, y'all's department does individual appointments, but you guys also have events and programs. What are some of the different ways that a, a college career center um, creates opportunities for that self-discovery? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there is that one-on-one um, opportunity. I think there's also what we've been trying to do is to get outside of Renolda, which is the building that where our office is located, and try to do mobile, what we call mobile OPCD, and meet students where they are. Um, whether it's the classroom, whether it's um, in the pit, whether it's um, in their sorority fraternity, whether it's another student organization, whether it's going to the LGBTQ plus center, women's center, whatever it might be, it's, it's going to those spaces. Um, and sometimes they feel more safe there. Um, and so then, then they might be more willing then to um, really relax and, and share uh, what what's going on for them or what that next step is or, or what have you. I mean, we do have the assessments. Um, I often tell, <laughs> I, I don't try to push that on students by any means. Usually it's driven by them. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's driven by their parents or guardians to take those assessments. And I usually tell students that it's not a magic eight ball. I wish I had one that I could shake and say, you're going to do this. Um, <laughs> but it's a process and it's a discovery process. So, yeah. So I think it's, it could be individually. It could be um, then reaching out to students where they are going to those centers um, where they congregate to meet them. What seems to be some of the students' major concerns mm-hmm. about accessing the service or even as they come in, you're listening to them, and it may not be about really what they want, but it may be that this is what I want, but I'm concerned about it. That's a great question. Um 
I think sometimes it's it's finding the right job or the right internship or something that will look good mm-hmm. or um, something that will help them be successful. Um, and so I think it's just helping them navigate through. You don't have to work for Google. Google your first job out <laughs> as an example. You might want to tear that up. And, uh. and your first job is not necessarily or nor probably will be your last job. Mm-hmm. Um, very rare that someone would stay in a, in a company or a position that's for 30 years. It's just rare. Um, so I just try to tell them to navigate, like be really intentional and strategic with wh- what they're looking at as mm-hmm. far as how are they going to develop as a person mm-hmm. and how then that will then lead them to the next step, whatever that next step might be. Um, you know, I tell them you have goals. You might have an idea of what you might want to do in five, 10 years. And if that changes, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be permanent. I think sometimes they feel like you choose something and you have to stick to it. Um, uh, and I try to talk that down just a little bit and just to say, yeah. no, not necessarily. You don't, if, you, if your goal changes, it's okay. You can pivot and you can make a change. Um, so I like that word pivot. Good. Yes. And I like to tell my students um, when I teach in the undergrad programs, they're so driven, you know, but it's like, I know I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And that, and that I think that that, that space of being able to normalize that is really a message that students need to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that when there is so much pressure on picking the right career or the right first job or the right graduate degree, I mean, it's where we see anxiety levels just mm-hmm. sky high mm-hmm. and these perfectionistic standards that are not supportive of strong mental health. And so um, I just think it's important that once again, to kind of expand this view of what helps support wellness across the lifespan and that, um, you know, you don't have to be working one-on-one in a clinical position um, to be helping people build lives around wellness and that career really is something. I mean, it's what we spend most of our, those of us who work, um, we spend most of our time doing this. And so finding something that's a meaningful um, good match for who you are during a certain life, you know, a certain point in your life mm-hmm. is really, really important. So once again, for people who are listening and considering going into this field, there are so many more options that are out there. Um, and neat ones, especially working on college campus. It's so much fun around here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there are some advantages for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed the applicants that um, were put on there. I want to work with children. I want to work with grief and loss. I want to work for hospice. I want to do this kind of, and it's it's uh, really interesting to watch them as they begin to expand and do a an, uh, practicum and an internship, begin to to start looking at other areas and realize that there are possibilities and you don't have to come in with an expectation that this is specifically what I want to do, to be open mm-hmm. to the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes and it's like just, saying, it's planned too. happenstance. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Op- I mean, I can remember yeah. even, mm-hmm. I had no interest. Position, yeah, right? I had no interest in career work until I, I, I needed a TA position. I needed to make some money and I was hired and I fell in love with it because it was meeting individually with people. It was also programs. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. event planning. It was relationships with um, corporate partners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and to me, that's especially for people who have a little bit of an interest in the business world even, um, it can be a really nice um, kind of fluid position that allows you to do lots of different things. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I've told students too a a little bit about my um, career journey and career path. And I say, look, if someone told me that I was going to be a career coach 25 years after I graduated from college, I would have said, first, what is that? Yikes. <laughs> um, and, and no, I'm going to teach for 30 years. I mean, yeah. that's what I was had in my mind, sure. right? That that 
no, I'm not going to change my plans. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and so, but I allowed myself to be that would be flexible and to pivot. Um, but you see that common thread and theme throughout my different positions as well. So yeah, it's about human development. Yeah. You know, human development relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds good. So we've got possibilities to be open to possibilities and what's coming up and coming your way. Um, when you think of a successful encounter with one of our students right now, what would that look like? I love that question. And I, the immediate thing that came to my mind was just when they leave the office and they say, that was so helpful, I feel better. Nice. I have less anxiety. And you can just see it maybe just in their shoulders, in their yeah. face. Just that comment just yeah. makes me feel better. If I can ease the conversation uh-huh. that we have, if it can ease their anxiety um, about whatever it might be um, that's related to their career journey, mm-hmm. that's, if that's all we did, that's great. That's great. Because they're then they're leaving with, they're going to be a little bit more open mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. able to do more of that work when they leave the office. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's probably in my mind, yeah. Yeah. the most successful. And then also sometimes I don't know. Um, and when they reach back out and they might send an email to say that was so helpful, or you helped me do this, or so some of those affirmations that you receive from them mm-hmm. through email, but sometimes just that immediate when they're in the office and they mm-hmm. say right before they leave, this is so helpful. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> And Amy, these are wonderful things that you're doing and um, information that our listeners need to hear about that. Um, Is there anything more you'd like to share with us before we conclude? Oh, gosh. Um, I think just if you're thinking about whether it's the on-campus program, the online program, um, you may come in with an idea of what you might want to do. Again, I, I came in thinking not necessarily wanting to leave the career development space, but I, you know, I had the grief counseling, the substance um, abuse counseling, and then I had also marriage, I believe was another one. Um, and that can change. And I say, just come in, you have those ideas, but come in open okay. um, to other possibilities. And I think your practicum and as well as your internship can inform that. So, um, you know, I did a practicum at a college on their counseling center side and, huge growth and great experience, but I knew that like, that's just not for me. It it just wasn't. Um, but again, wonderful experience, but I knew like, I really like career. <laughs> <laughs> the process of elimination is an important part of career development. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had yeah. people too. I think there's that expectation um, of you get a grad degree, you get a PhD or whatever it is. Oh, what are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. And I really like what I do now. Um, and I might do some of these other things on the side. So I might maybe do some volunteering or something at the hospice or, or something like that. But, but really as a whole of the core of my work would be career development and career counseling. Nice. All right. Well, we're, we're, are proud to have you as an alumni of the program and glad that we still get to share space on campus. And I, I love, I love your role where, you know, even though you're on campus, you were part of the online program, which so there's this nice kind of um, dual experience in some ways. So we, we know that you are a good um, ambassador for our program, for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Amy. Thank you for what you mean to our program and certainly what you mean for the students here. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. You're, you're welcome. And so our parting word, as Amy says, possibilities await. Mm-hmm.